guys, welcome back to 1000 Words. I am so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for all the love and support for the first episode. It was so fun having Anita on here. But now I am back with another guest on the show. I'm so excited to introduce her to you guys. She is a freshman at the University of Georgia. She also happens to be my grand little. And she honestly is so wise beyond her years. And I'm so excited to introduce you guys to her. Her name is Chapel Tremaine. Hey guys, I'm honored to be on the show today. Chapel, I'm so glad that you're here. Seriously, I can't wait to get started. Okay, Chapel, let's get started. Tell me a little bit about the photo that you brought today. Okay, this photo, so next to me in this photo, that's Hattie Funk. Hattie Funk is my best friend in the whole wide world. Shout out Hattie if you're going to listen to this. Um, And this photo was taken out at Jage Ranch, California, which is up in the um, northern parts of California um, near Etna, which nobody's probably heard of, but (laughs) the most beautiful place on earth, a little slice of heaven. Um, And this was two weeks after an... um, a program they call Second Wind, which is just a leadership training program with spiritual background and spiritual um, principles. So this was the best two weeks of my life, for sure, um, which is why I chose this picture, because it means the world to me. That's awesome. And it's beautiful in this photo. I'm looking at it now, and there are horses. The sun, it's, I guess it's a sunset. It's beautiful in the background. Your dresses are beautiful as well. <laughs> I love it. Um Tell me a little bit about the landscape here in Northern California at Aetna. Oh my goodness. If I could be, if I could have any kind of climate or um, just like nature ever, it would be Aetna, California, because this is like, the air is dry, but it's warm. The mountains are beautiful. And there's also rivers, there's lakes, there's everything. The grass is so like luscious. Look at the, look at the grass in that photo. Yeah. It is so green. Horses just roaming everywhere. Um, there's not a lot of, I don't like civilization. This is actually kind of funny, but as you drive into the ranch, um, you start driving up a mountain, and there are houses with um, they have like signs outside. This is kind of irrelevant, but they have signs outside that are like "Stop JH Expansion." Like they actually don't like the ranch because no of because and you can't see in this photo, but. If you were looking where our eyes are pointed, so pretty much behind the camera angle, there's a massive tent that they call Big Top. And Big Top is where you, you worship every night. And they uh-huh. make so much noise. There's so much noise pollution that all the people living around there put up signs that are like, stop JH expansion because they can't stand to hear the noise, which is kind of sad because it's worship. But Yeah. Um, Wait, is there a reason why they have worship in a tent rather than a building? There's no, there's not any buildings here. Wow, really. why? There's, oh, I mean, they have like little houses for the staff and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you eat in like a pavilion type thing. There's not, there's not many buildings. I don't really know how you would get, um, it would be very, very difficult to um, get building materials up there, I think. Yeah, and this is in the summer, correct? Because they yes. have summer programming at JH Ranch. Yes, okay. this is in the summer, but you can also... Like the one of the programs you c- climb Mount Shasta, which is covered in snow, mm-hmm. so that's also kind of cool because you get to a certain altitude where, yes, it's warm and I'm warm in this photo, but mm-hmm. you can also climb an entire mountain that you need snow to climb. Wow, that's amazing! So you went for Second Wind. How long was that? 
second one was two week. It was a two week program, but they also have um, programs. So the summer before this, I went um, on their parent child program, which was one weekend with my dad, um, and then came back the next year for second wind which is two weeks by yourself. And then you can also, after completing Second Wind, you can go out for what they call track two, which is where you can either climb Mount Shasta, which I was talking about, and try to summit, which means like get to the top, or you can bike, I think it's like 50 miles from the ranch to the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Which is awesome. Um, I never made it to track two because I tore my labrum, but that's a whole nother issue. During the camp? No. Okay. I tore my labrum sophomore year both of them and then had surgery this past summer on one of them. Um, and so didn't do track two, but it's an incredible program. I've heard. That's awesome. That's awesome. I want to get into that later, but tell me a little bit more about your friend who's in this photo. You told me before that she's like one of your favorite people in the world. And you actually said that you weren't <laughs> going to tell her that you shared this photo of her on the podcast, but tell me a little bit about her. I want to learn a little bit more. I cannot say enough incredible words about Hattie Funk. Hattie Funk is... So me and Hattie um, met when we got to the camp and we were put in our groups because we uh, we just, we just both live in the South and there were people from everywhere and we kind of just... We just bonded a lot. So there's two parts of uh, Second Wind. So you'll be like on campus, on the ranch for a little bit, just like getting to know your team, like doing stuff around the ranch. Um, and then there's two parts. You go to... The mountains for one part of it and you go and you climb this like huge mountain and then sleep there for a few nights and come back and then the other part is you go to the um I couldn't tell you what river it is but then you like raft the river and like sleep camp and keep rafting so that's awesome our group went to the mountains first and we are in the mountains we still like we've only known these people for like three days and we're in the middle of northern California so you kind of have to find people you kind of enjoy and so the first night me and Hattie were like like we're not sleeping on the floor. Like all these people have like mats on the ground. Like we don't want to do that. Like there's mm-hmm. snakes and stuff. So we're like, okay, we're going to sleep in Enos. Like we'll put our Enos up next to each other. Oh, it also gets freezing at night, like below oh, freezing, gosh. like below 32 degrees. Cause you're in the mountains too. So right. it's so cold. And my zero degree sleeping bag was not enough apparently. Uh, because those things are not like. They're you're, a lie. You're, you're that com- might be my soapbox <laughs> is that. Zero degree sleeping bags doesn't mean you can take it in zero degrees and not be cold. I think what it means is that you can survive at zero degrees in that sleeping bag, but it's not a comfortable experience at zero degrees. Yeah. Because I think I've had a similar experience where we went camping and I had a zero degree bag and I was comfortable at 30 degrees. (laughs) I don't think that I would be really comfortable (laughs) at zero at all. Yeah. Sur- yeah, it, it was surviving at zero degrees. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so this is like the first night, and I'm like, all right, Hattie, we're gonna we're gonna have to put our enos like next to each other, and like we'll have some body heat, and it'll be okay. Like we're mm-hmm. not sleeping on the ground. Like mm-hmm. I really just don't want to sleep on the ground. And so we put up our enos next to each other, and um, it gets to the middle of the night, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm freezing cold, and I roll over, and Hattie's just like laying there. I'm like, hey, Hattie, she's like, I'm awake, like I'm freezing cold. Like what do we do? And I'm like, I don't know. I start like rummaging around, and then I fall out of the sleeping bag. No, no, in I mean the, out of the, the Eno. Eno. I fell okay. out of the Eno, landed on the floor, and like I've never laughed harder in my life. <laughs> Did um, everyone wake up? No, nobody woke okay, up. Good. It was just me like crying laughing on the floor and Hattie like making fun of me she took a disposable picture of it actually (laughs) I I wish I could like put another slide up um wait send me that picture so we can show everyone later I it's actually it's comical okay um and then I got up and I was like all right you know we're going to in one of these single you know so we slept 
together in the same sleeping bag in the same Eno. Slept might be stretching it. We rested. Right. Closed our eyes uh-huh. for the rest of that night. Anyways, um, so from that moment on, Howdy Funk was my go-to the rest of that trip. Um, yeah, wow. Y'all shared a, a, an Eno together. You have to be close after that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yes, so that is that is the... That is who Hattie Funk is, and that is why she's so important to me. That's so awesome. Um, I also have a friend that um, we didn't sleep in an Eno together, but we slept in a sleeping bag together. We were on a mountain weekend, and we were so cold. It was freezing. It got down to – we were in North Carolina, and it got down to – I want to say, like, it got down to freezing temperatures, like 32-ish. And the first night we slept in our own sleeping bags, and the second night – we slept in the same sleeping bag, but it wasn't like the one where there's like the rectangle one. It's the one that's like a cocoon and it is like shaped to the human body. So we were really tight and I was warm. So I was like, okay, this is fine. But we were really close after that as yeah. well. So that's funny. Do you get to see her now or no? Um, We see each other like not a ton okay. ever, but we, we FaceTime a lot. That's awesome. We communicate a lot. We read through the word a lot together. That's um, cool. Just because that's kind of what the basis of our uh, basis of our friendship is built on. Yeah. Um, is this like spiritual journey that we went through through for two weeks? So, that's awesome. Out of all the pictures that you took at JH Ranch, why is this one so significant? I think probably because it was the end of the trip. Like I, if I had a before, I wish I could do like a before and after picture too. Like this is the peak of my life because I'm in Northern California. I'm with one of the best friends I've ever made who will be one of my best friends for the rest of my life. And I've like never felt so spiritually close to the Lord and so on fire for him. So I think that's why this picture is so significant to me because I'm like, wow, this was a turning point relationally for me, like mm-hmm. spiritually free for me. Um, and like changed the rest of like that year for me. Yeah. So. Wow. That's awesome. You mentioned that Hattie is one of those friends that you will have forever because that friendship was based on shared spiritual experiences on the word. Can you explain the difference between relationships that like are built on the foundation of truth that is Jesus versus friendships that aren't built on the foundation of truth? Yes. Okay. So this is actually such an interesting topic to me. You know, those people that you can like approach or you get to know and it's like within maybe even an hour, you're like, that person gets me. Like, Mm -hmm. that person understands. Usually it's because they have, like, a layer underneath, just like the out, just like what you understand of them. They have a layer underneath that that's deeper Mm -hmm. and that understands life and, like, has a knowledge of what the world is really about. Um, And those are the people I've found in my life are the ones that I tend to turn to um, and tend to want to check in on and, like, want to love and want to be a part of their life. And those are also 95% of the time people with a spiritual background Mm -hmm. and people who are spiritually committed to growing their faith. I think since, like, the Bible is so, like, I think because the Bible says so much morally about how to, like, live a good life that's loving to others and kind to others and pleasing to the Lord, when you're doing that in relationship with someone else and both working towards that goal together, mm-hmm. it'd be hard to not get close to that person. Right. I mean, I think I have a lot of other relationships. I'm friends with tons of unbelievers, and I love those relationships, but those aren't relationships that I typically turn to when I need encouragement or in times of trouble. Right. Um, 
but I mean, I, I do think it's important to have friends of both category, of yeah, course. Absolutely. But like, I know my lifelong friends when I meet them usually. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's cool because as Christians, as believers that in Jesus, believing that he has died for our sins, we get the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's cool when you recognize people who have the spirit. And I think that's kind of what you were talking about when with the, within the first interaction of meeting someone, you're like, yep, I know that you're going to be one of my really great friends. Or I know that you have the Holy Spirit because we can recognize it. You know, the, the Holy Spirit gives us fruit of the spirit. And so it's cool. That's how you recognize them so quickly. And yeah, I think it's awesome. It's a great gift. I also wanted to ask a little bit about J.H. Ranch. Um, For those who don't know a ton about J.H. Ranch, can you just uh, give a brief explanation of what it is, the purpose, the mission? From my experience at J.H. Ranch, what I have taken away from the programs I've done is that J.H. Ranch is a leadership camp with spiritual – spiritual with a spiritual mission to grow the next generation of of believers Mm -hmm. um and I think they do that really well through first of all their staff is absolutely incredible I've never met someone who's worked at JH Ranch that is not an incredible um believer and has an incredible story about coming to faith and um growing in that and pursuing that in a consistent way um and I think being around people like that around the staff in general is spiritually fulfilling. And I think that they do that to prove to the people who are there, the campers that are there, that you can have Christ in a relationship that is fun mm-hmm. and that is enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't need to just be someone that you sit down with and have coffee with for 45 minutes and talk about the word. Like right. these are people you can do life with. Yeah. And they do a very, very good job of meeting you where you are and relating to you through that um, and then sticking with you those two weeks um, to show you that it can be, that they are enjoyable people too. That's awesome. I feel like there is a almost like a perception that Christians or Christian relationships aren't fun because I think sometimes people feel that there are rules. You can't see my, my air quotes here, but, you know, air quote around rules. And I think there is just a... A perception of that but it's cool that jh kind of negates that and is like nope this is fun like jesus promises us joy so he promises us joy in our relationships and this can be fun so that's awesome yeah that's cool also like in the same way we're called like we're called to be in relationship with jesus like our our faith should be more of a relationship not a religion in my personal opinion because i think a lot of people believe that or a lot of people struggle with that how would you differentiate bringing your relationship with Jesus from religion to relationship what is the difference between I guess a religion and Jesus or a relationship with Jesus okay I would I would say a relationship with Jesus looks like yes you're spending your intentional it's like a good friend you can spend and this is like Hattie for me okay so like I spend good time with Hattie like quality time like we'll talk about deep things for like 45 minutes and it's like really good and like honestly sometimes convicting call each other out like Mm -hmm. talk about what we're learning in the word um but we like spend that intentional time together but then also we'll go do something super fun and like weird I don't know we'll go on an adventure or something yeah we'll randomly drive to the mountains or 
randomly we went to her beach house in Delaware and just like spent a week together and we weren't like constantly talking about the Lord like right. talking about our spiritual spiritual journeys and getting all deep on each other but it's like we were just spending time like a lot of time in quiet which I also think is important um, mm-hmm. in a relationship so in my personal walk with the Lord turning that re- religion into a relationship has looked like walking to my days with my arms open is like what the Lord wants to tell me like mm-hmm. Jesus I'm just walking to class right now but like thank you for where I am. Like, thank you for where you've put me. Like, show me who you want me to love today. Um, let me be intentional to those around me. Let me pursue those around me intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like being honestly silent with him for a while, um, can honestly be good too. Yeah. That's um, great. I think I didn't quite understand that until I was where you were at, like freshman year of college. And I had even like prayed the prayers of like Jesus. Like I've heard the religion to relationship, like, you desire a relationship with me over my religion. So over my knowledge for you or over um, how much I am serving in the church or all my good works. Like you desired just me. And I don't think I quite understood that until my freshman year of college and had even prayed that of just like, Jesus, I want the relationship with you. I want the relationship with you. And it just took a lot of like, just pulled back layers and having mm-hmm. to figure out what that is and even sometimes still I still struggle with that of just like Jesus like you just want me you don't yeah you don't want you call us to good works you set our good works before us in advance but you just want me and what that looks like is spending time quietly with you it means just spending quality time with you it means talking to you in prayer similar to a friendship like you and Hattie's. So it's just cool. It's cool how he designs our relationships to reflect our relationship with him. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I think it is like, it is interesting though, because if you think about like, who are your favorite people? Like who are the people you enjoy spending the most time with? It's going to be people who you can have hard conversations, convicting conversations, deep conversations, meaningful conversations with, but you can also go live free and like flourish as children of the Lord Mm -hmm. with like go do fun things yeah like enjoy the world he's given us like holy smokes this was a huge part of my actually spiritual journey which happened on this trip at JH so they have these this part of second wind they call um a 24-hour solo and the 24-hour solo they basically give you like three granola bars which is just like (laughs) not enough honestly (laughs) you go to the mountains basically they like tell you to leave they essentially give you three granola bars and tell you to go walk off into the woods and find a spot to spend 24 hours alone with the Lord. Um, and that is terrifying to some people. It was terrifying to me because I was like, "Who? Like, what am I going to do? And I was like, I guess I'll just journal. So I went out in the woods and I get to about page seven of my journal and I made one of the biggest realizations, which was going to sound small when I say it, but absolutely changed my life, um, that the Lord wants to love me. And mm-hmm. I made this realization because I was journaling about how like I felt unworthy and I was just like why like why do I feel so like why does my soul feel so downcast all the time like I feel like I'm just searching for like new things all the time and I feel like I'm just not being fulfilled mm-hmm. um and then that's when I realized that there was a very very large difference between the statement of Jesus loves you and Jesus wants to love you mm-hmm. because when you put the wants in there it doesn't become a chore anymore mm-hmm like we think so often that like the Lord loving us and the Lord like 
ha- like caring for us is a chore for him, mm-hmm. but it's not like he, that's something he wants to do. And that's something he cares about doing. It's not something that he's obligated to do. And it's the same thing with forgiveness. He wants to forgive us. Like he wants us to be close to him, but we so often put up a wall. That's like, I'm not worthy. Like <laughs> I'm sinful. Like you don't need to do that. But he's like, no, but I want to do that. So I made that realization. I'm like, oh my gosh, the Lord wants to, the Lord wants to love me. I start weeping. And I look up over the mountains of Northern California and I was like, he's loving me right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking at probably one of the most beautiful sights I've ever seen in my life, looking over these mountains. And like, he gave me that cause he wanted to mm-hmm. like, if that's not an image of the Lord's care yeah. and like pursue and love of me, like, I don't know what is. Yeah. And so that was a huge turning point in my faith. Cause I was like, Chapel, like, just seek the ways he's trying to love you. Like, yeah. open your eyes, open your arms, like, open your heart. Like, you you think you know how you want to be loved, and you think you know how you're going to be best loved, but you don't because mm-hmm. you didn't create yourself. Right. I created you. Yeah. And, like, I know how you can be loved best. So if you just, like, take a step back, relax, and, like, ask me to show you, I will show you. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. I'm smiling right now. No one can see it. But I'm smiling right now because it's just, like, wow, like, that is so true. And I think we can get caught up in everything and forget that. And one thing that you reminded me of is one of my favorite verses. I just pulled it up. Um, it's Zephaniah three seventeen, And it says, the Lord, your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. And I just love it because it's like, yeah, he doesn't it's not someone just saying to me, Jesus loves you. That's true. But it's him saying he rejoices over us with gladness. He delights in us. He wants to love us, like you were saying. And like, the Lord your God is in your midst. When you're on top of that mountain and you're looking at that view, it's like, yeah, he's here. Like, he's here and he created this for me to enjoy in him. Like, I mm-hmm. get to enjoy the Lord and his creation. And I think it's cool because similarly, you can point that back to friendships that you have kind of like we were talking about earlier. Like just as you were created by the Lord, your God, these other individuals were created by the Lord, your God and their existence points back to him as a reminder that he wants to love you. Like these relationships are meant for you to be reminded of just how great and awesome the Lord is and how much he loves you. And it's like, Whoa, Lord, like you just outdid yourself. It all points back to you. It it really does. And it's, it's just amazing. I can't stop smiling because I'm like, whoa, this is great. It is incredible. And I think um, while I, I think it is possible though too, and I went through a minute post JH, which was like a little like, you know, you have like those camp highs and then like yes. you get back and it's like a camp low. <laughs> yeah. I, I did go through like a, a little bit of that because I was like, oh, like, God was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like God was really loving me. Like when I was at JH, uh, Marshall is my brother's older brother's roommate and also worked at JH. And you quoted this one time and you said, I believe the lie that God was only good at JH, mm. but he's not only good at JH. Like he's good everywhere. Yeah. And you can so apply that to everything. Like God is only good when I'm at church. God is only good when I'm doing good things. God is only good when right. things are going my way. God is only good when I get accepted by this friend. God is only good when I get accepted into this school or get this job. And it's like, no, God is good all the time. Right. 
And I felt convicted by that because I was like, oh, I totally fall victim to that. Like, mm-hmm. God, but God is good. Like, that is a, it is a great place to um, feel that and to, like, feel that close and connectedness to the Lord. Because you're also with, you're with a ton of other believers. So mm-hmm. it's hard not to. Um, but it is so important to bring that back to, like, where the Lord has put you in your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. And to remember that, like, oh, no, God is good here because he's placed me here as part of his plan like it's yeah, like for his glory for he his glory put you here for his glory yes. and like we're on mission to like enjoy that and to show the beauty of that to others yeah we were actually talking <laughs> about that last night so we we're talking about the will of the lord and i think a lot of times that can get confusing but really the will of the lord is for him to be honored and glorified and so we can ask him lord what is your will where am i supposed to be what am i supposed to be doing and it's like okay, those are fair questions. Like, what I want to be where you are, Lord. But I think the perspective that we can gain from that is, Lord, I know that your will is to be glorified and to be honored. Where am I best going to glorify you and honor you? And that is the will of the Lord. And so you can't be wrong. Right. You can't and we also wrong. don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we can't tell the Lord where we want to glorify and honor him. No, like that's up to him to put us there. Similarly to, I did not create myself, so how am I yeah. going to say how I'm best to be loved? Yeah. Like you said earlier. We're the clay, he's the potter. Yeah. yeah. Who is the art to tell the, the, the potter the potter should be? Yeah, like, yeah. why are you giving me this handle? Or, like, why are you making me this way in the same way? Why are we going to ask our Lord and Creator, God, why did you give me this feature? Why did you give me this gift instead of this one? Like, no, like he is a proud artist of his children. And so it's almost like, whoa, who are we to critique the creator of the universe? Right. Wow. Oh. So honoring him through that also too, that kind of feeds into the idea of comparison. Mm-hmm. And just like if we're like part of honoring the Lord looks like respecting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like part of honoring the Lord like looks like not wishing you were someone else, not look, wishing you looked like someone else, not mm-hmm. wishing you had the achievements of someone else. It's like cultivate who the Lord's made you to be. Mm-hmm. Like don't be wishing you were the plate when you're the mug. Yeah. Have you had to figure that out a little bit as you've entered into freshman year and you are surrounded by 30,000 more people? Um, I, I think I learned a lot about that early on. I think the Lord taught me that in a hard way when I was, I mentioned this earlier, but my sophomore year, I tore both my left and my right labrum from basically I, I ran too much. I like, I ran too much and they both tore. Um, and then the left one was worse than the right one. So I had surgery my sophomore year on the left one. Um, and that started a huge, huge battle of comparison to me because I watched all my friends be able to run and do normal things that you can do in high school and I was constantly after I recovered from that four months later I actually then fractured my back because I didn't recover properly um because I was too eager I was too busy like comparing myself to the lives of others where I was like I just want to get back to playing lacrosse and being Mm -hmm. athletic and receiving validation from how fast and stuff I am so I'm gonna like get back running after four months, didn't recover properly. Yeah, because you're yes. identifying with those things, so you had to get back yes. to those things that were defining you. Right. Almost. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that defined me. My identity was essentially in lacrosse because I was praised for it. So since I wasn't able to do that, I was like, oh, well, if that's the only place I receive validation and praise, like, <laughs> I'm going to have to get back to that now. <laughs> we got to get back to that. <laughs> so four months, uh, when it was supposed to be, like, a seven-month full recovery, 
I was like running, playing lacrosse again, ended up fracturing my back, was back in PT and MRIs and CTs and all of these things that are not normal for a high school to, mm-hmm. no, I'm not trying to be like, whoa, it was me, but like, it was a lot of time. Yeah. Um, and it was just like a huge, it took a long time for me to realize like, oh, you know, I'm going to need to slow down, find my identity in the Lord, because that's the only thing that's going to actually be fulfilling to me. And the only thing that's not going to fail me. Um, and then once I did that, it actually made, I had surgery then this summer on the other one that I tore and that recovery, I was actually in tears the other day on my run because that recovery has been exponentially better than the other one. Like Mm. four months after my last surgery, I was mentally in probably the one of the worst states I've ever been in my life. Like Mm. horrible, horrible place. Um, physically did not recover correctly and like emotionally was like so distraught and like needed so much help after this surgery. Like after learning that my validation and my like worth and satisfaction has to come from the Lord and that I can't compare my life and my strengths to other people's, Mm -hmm. um, just like that comparison part, like four months after this surgery, I, because I've recovered properly can run. I like somehow ran out of the Lord's strength seven miles the other day. Wow. I like emote, like emotionally so much better spiritually so much more confident in who I am, like so much more confident in like the Lord's ability to work in me. And it is honestly just so beautiful to see the way it's been so cool to me for me to see the way that like, as my spiritual journey has developed, um, the way trials, the way I approach trials now and the way the Lord works in and through those when I'm actually committed to being with him and asking him, inviting him into those areas. Um, like, I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, my body, like, physically should not be able to have run that much. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, there's no way. Like, this is the Lord's strength, and I can do this without pain right now. Yeah. Like, not any of mine. Wow. Whereas, like, the last surgery sophomore year, it was like, <laughs> yeah, that was all me trying to do on my own strength because I wanted to be better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be athletic and be validated by the world again. Yeah. Just right now, these are some of my thoughts. But from that story, it's just like, those times I guess of temptation the times of trial kind of were in times of transition and you were transitioning from being athletic being healthy to being sick as in like your your hip or you weren't able to move like and then going from being injured to healed those transitions I think I don't know I think that's what I was recognizing was like that's when there's temptation that's when there is trial and it's hard but also that's when like the Lord can be most glorified is through those things when you are depending on his strength. And so I think that's applicable for everyone, whether you are a high school senior entering into freshman year of college, there is the temptation to compare. There is the temptation to just think about what you don't have there. There are so many temptations and trials and it's hard. It's a hard season, but the, and the enemy is present, but so is the Lord in a much greater, in a much, much greater way. He is even more present. He's omnipresent, and the enemy's not. He can't be everywhere, but God can be. And whether it's you entering into a new job, or if you're becoming a new parent, or if you're entering into retirement, there is always space for comparison. Like, always space for comparison, no matter how old you are what stage of life you're in there's always room in those transitions and comparison though is like I think a complete product of doubt 
Like comparison is just doubting that the Lord's made you for a purpose. Like that offends mm. the Lord hmm. when you compare yourself to other people. Yeah. Um, and that's hard, but it's also like I can compare myself. I'm like, oh, I wish I had Mara's hair. I wish I had Kennedy Ball's athleticism. Like I wish I had all these things, but it's like when you do that, you're just like you're seeking something that you think will fill a hole in your heart. Hmm. Yeah. And that hole in your heart can only be filled by one thing, and that's like being fulfilled by the Lord. Um, and letting him love you, filling up on his love. Mm. Um, but that's like a daily reminder. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have to wake up and remind myself of daily. Because like, if you don't do that, then it's like, yeah, you're you're out to get eaten by the wolves. Yeah, it's um makes for a pretty rough day. <laughs> yeah, if you don't remember that. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, back to JH in this photo. I guess we kind of hit on it a little bit, but what if you could sum it up? What did you learn from this experience overall? I learned from my experience, my second wind experience at JH, that the Lord wants to love me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that is like my one-liner, like the Lord wants to love me. And yeah. that that's changed my entire life hmm. um, because it's pushed me to strive to fill up on his love mm-hmm. and open my arms and find the ways he's loving me instead of um, – being hard on myself and like pushing myself to like succeed in worldly things that are like only going to be praised by people. Um, and I, I do, I do not want to discount the importance of hard work and motivation and like achieve, like achievement. Like that mm-hmm. is all very important. And like hard work is something that the Lord loves and the Lord wants um, too. But I think working hard and, um, pushing yourself to be praised by the world is something that that trip taught me was not healthy mm-hmm. um, and taught me that I was not going to be completely satisfied by. Yeah. So obviously this has impacted you in a really, really large way. How do you remind yourself and implement that God just wants to love you each day? I think it's a matter of just adapting to the mindset that you don't know how to be loved mm-hmm. as well as the Lord does. Yeah. (laughs) Like the Lord knows how to do that a whole lot better than you do. And so whenever I start to like want something or be like, Oh, you know, I really need this right now. Or I Mm -hmm. I really love for this person to reach out to me right now. Like I would really love, um, to be good at this right now. It's like, okay, that's what I think I want. But Mm -hmm. like, who's the creator of the universe who knows so much more about what I want because he made me reminding myself of that is really important, which is hard to do. But I think searching also just for the little things. Yeah. Um, we can look for evidence for him quite literally everywhere. It is everywhere. It is everywhere. And we forget so often that he he wants us to, like, lay that at his feet and be like, Lord, show me that you're loving me. Like, love me right now through whatever I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does work quickly. He like, does. He acts fast. <laughs> me and my friends call this the Amazon Prime Prayer. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It but, like, he does. Faster. Yeah. He does. And it's so cool to um to watch I actually I have another cool story so post this surgery that I just had in June I was journaling and I was like oh no it wasn't post it was right before so right before my my surgery in June I was journaling and I was just like lord like I feel really discontent about going into surgery in two days like I learned five days ago I was getting the surgery my entire summer now has been uprooted I can't do anything I'm supposed to do um and I just like don't feel at peace with you like I, I don't know why I feel so uncomfortable. I'm journaling this prayer, so I'm writing it down. In the middle of this, I get a call from Nick DeBrell, 
And he's like, and I usually don't answer my phone. I don't have my phone usually near me when I'm doing my quiet time, but I kind of like felt like I should answer it. So I answered and, and he was like, Chapel, like I have to like share with you something super cool that like I'm learning right now. He'd broken his arm like a week ago. Mm-hmm. He was like, your power is made perfect in my weakness. Uh-huh. And he was like, I just need to share this with you. And he shared that with me. And I was like, wow, like that's really, really fast because I was just praying about how I feel discontent and how I don't feel like I like want to really be getting surgery in two days. Mm-hmm. And then Nick calls me and says, Hey, like his power is made perfect in your weakness. Like yeah. if that's not an Amazon prime moment, yeah. like, I don't really know what it is. <laughs> it came faster and I was than just Amazon like, prime. <laughs> you know, it's so crazy, Nick. Cause I was just praying that I would have yeah. some bit of encouragement yeah. going into the surgery. What a greater example of that than Jesus himself, who, who had all authority of the universe and laid down his life in the most weak way, in the weakest way that he possibly could, the humblest way that he possibly could, but three days later brought victory to the whole entire world through his resurrection. Right. Crazy. So cool. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, if Jesus can do that, then I can, okay, I can, I can be weak in my broken arm. I can be weak in my hip surgery, not discounting that hip surgery does not stink and that's, (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've never personally what experienced that but it's a gift to follow a father to follow a leader that has experienced the things that we are experiencing right um right it's also just led me like in those in uncomfortable times like that I've found needing to rely on the Lord's strength in those moments of not being comfortable has grown my face so much to a point that I found myself just like enjoying hard things, like mm-hmm. enjoying doing hard things and enjoying challenges. Cause yeah. I'm like, it's only going to grow my faith. Like, yeah, I count it all joy. <laughs> if my like only purpose faith. on this, on this earth is to like be close to you and like serve you, then like I need to be in places where yeah. my faith is going to be challenged. That's like the whole reason about Georgia right now. Yeah. It was also like another Funny story, I, about a month after my surgery, no, this is like two weeks after I had surgery on my hip. I No, it wasn't two weeks. This is a month, a month after my hip surgery. This year, I had an appendicitis on an island. Oh, you told me about this. Yes. <laughs> I Yes, I, I was, no, my whole family left except for Jake. Just left me at the house because I was like, my stomach hurts. No one really believed me, I don't think. <laughs> And then I was like screaming in pain and I was like, someone's got to take me to the hospital. But like, oh there was gosh. no hospital. That was like right before you came to UGA That was, that was like six days before rush started. Wow. And I remember like laying there in that hospital bed and they came in and they were like, Hey, you got to get an appendicitis like right now. And I was like, I literally, I don't even know where I am right now. And I was just like, you know what, God, like, it's kind of funny. Like, yeah, it's funny, but your power is made perfect in my weakness. So yeah. if this is going to grow my faith in you. The fact that I have to go to college in six days and like mm-hmm. I'm about to go into surgery again, like so be it. Like, yeah, like grow faith in me, like grow my strength and my dependence on you. Yeah. Um, count it all joy when you face count trials it all of joy. many kinds. Yes. Yeah. And like my mindset, I feel like has shifted so much to that, like count it all joy. Yeah. Um, when hard things happen because I'm like so what more of an opportunity like that is so much more of an opportunity to um just grow dependent and grow reliance on him yeah um and to like watch him work so yeah. wow do hard so, things so cool that's so true did you have any final things that you just like wanted to say there did you have any 
Womp womp. Let me, Life's womp. too short. Say womp womp and move on. Womp womp. <laughs> Did you have anything else that you wanted to say that um, just kind of was on your mind throughout? If you have the ability to go to or work at the J Trench, I encourage you to do so. Also, um, just let the Lord love you today. Yeah. Walk into this day with, I don't know what time you're listening to this podcast, but walk into the day with a mindset that the Lord wants to love you and search for the ways. You'll seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Hmm. Um, and I love that. So yeah. seek the ways the Lord's wanting to love you um, and fill up on those so you can so you can pour that out to others. That's my encouragement for the day. Yeah. I don't really know if that's what you're asking, but. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm hoping, too, that um, as people listen to this, that this will be a way that people will see that the Lord wants to love them, um, even just through a simple reminder through a podcast. So, Chabel, thank you for being here. It truly has been a joy to get to know you. Believe it or not, Chapel and I have only known each other for four months now, and she's been the biggest blessing, answered prayer um, that I could have asked for. So I'm so glad that I get to share you with others, and I'm so glad that you got to be here and just share a little bit about you and what the Lord's done in your life through your experiences and sharing this picture from JH Ranch. Mara, you're incredible. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it, and I'm and I'm flattered. Um, and you're the best grandma, best great grand big. Oh, she or, makes me so old. She makes me so yeah. old. I'm a grand big now. Grandma Mara. So sad. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. It was a joy to have Chapel on the podcast. And if you want to hear more, follow me on Instagram at 1000words.podcast. And I'm now on Spotify. So go look me up on Spotify and listen to episode two. Thanks, guys. Bye.